0: Another edition of Coffee with Craig and Kevin. I almost said Kevin and Craig, but that'll be the day.
1: <laughs> I, I long for that day, Craig. <laughs> I
0: I, <laughs> I am channel partners executive editor Craig Galbraith. As always my partner in crime. Business Development Lead, Kevin Morris. Kevin, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, Craig. Uh, We have some uh, springtime weather a little early out here in the D.C. area where I'm based. Uh, How's the weather out in Phoenix where you are?
0: It's been raining for about the last 24 hours, and the sun's just starting to come out, so uh, a little bit of role reversal there.
1: I'll take it. I'll take it for as long as I can have it. So while the weather hasn't been too great in Phoenix, I understand that you are on the road... Where the weather's always nice, and that's in San Diego.
0: Yeah, just back from San Diego at the CenturyLink Ascend event. Uh, It was really good. Brought about a 1,000 partners and uh, a lot of CenturyLink folks in there. So uh, we're going to chat more about that shortly, Kevin. But let's give you some breaking news. I have just been informed that Coffee with Craig and Kevin has been named Podcast of the Year. Wow,
1: that is amazing, Craig. How did we pull that off?
0: I'm not really sure, but I understand that you've prepared a speech in the event that we would win.
1: You know, I did. I prepared a speech before we recorded our first podcast because I guess I assumed that we would win. There are just so many people I want to thank. But first, I have to thank Craig Galbraith, my friend and not just a friend, but also a mentor. And I do mean that almost sincerely. (laughs) Uh, I want to thank my parents, Bob and Pat Morris out there. Uh, There's just so many. I, I think... I think I might start crying, Craig right here on the podcast
0: Kevin, just, I, I'm, Kevin too- I, I'm sorry I, I've got to interrupt you. I have just been informed by the producers of the show, the accountants in fact that we didn't uh, we didn't win I, I'm sorry wait we 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 didn't no we didn't I'm sorry I you know obviously we're gonna be slightly crushed by this, but I want the real winners to know that we are very gracious. We would like to congratulate them.
1: Good job to whoever it was out there. And uh, once again, the accountants have foiled me.
0: I got to run. I've got uh, Warren Beatty on the phone. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Does he want to jump in and talk for five minutes when it would only take 30
0: seconds? (laughs) So, Kevin, now that we're done joking, although we're probably not uh, for the duration of this podcast, (laughs) let's get down to some business and talk about uh, the upcoming Channel Partners Conference and Expo. Just a few weeks away now. Uh, What are you looking forward to?
1: As always, I'm looking forward to seeing the over 5,500 plus attendees that, that will be out in Las Vegas with us for our 20th anniversary. But you know, I wanted to mention this time around the experience areas. They're going to be located on the show floor. We're going to have a record four of them. And these are going to be open areas for partners to come and learn about a specific segment of technology to begin offering in addition to the services they already extend to their customers. So this year, we're going to have the experience areas will make up Mobility City, sponsored by AT&T, the IoT Zone, sponsored by Core, Security Central, which will be sponsored by Verizon. And then the cloud computing lab, you know, these are going to be great areas for the partners to come and learn in a plug and play environment in real time with demonstrations, how to begin offering and selling these different technologies, uh, mobility, IoT, security and cloud to their existing customer base and, and why it benefits their customer base. You know, it's always good to have an additional arrow in your quiver. The more you can offer, the more prospects you have.
0: Yeah, those experience areas are going to be great, Kevin. We've done a couple of those in the past, and I'm really looking forward to the security one. I think in part because security has become part of just about every sale these days. So it's going to be great to have that one. And that's the first time we've had security, if I'm not incorrect.
1: You know, you're absolutely right. Security is involved in each one of those other experience areas. You know, you're putting your information in the cloud. Uh, You're going mobile with it in Mobility City or, you know, with the IoT where everything's connected. Security is essential in all those environments. So, Craig, as you mentioned earlier, you know you were in San Diego, lucky, uh, for the CenturyLink event. You know, Why don't you tell us a little more about it and get into a little more detail about your experience there and, and not that you were just out there lying in the sun and drinking margaritas?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was actually a little cool, so I won't make people too jealous. It wasn't like it was in the 70s or something. It was probably around 60 degrees, but the sun was nice, and people were able to enjoy themselves out on the balcony of the hotel and, and have breakfast out there and so forth. As far as the meat of the event, it was uh, really cool because it was the first time the CenturyLink had brought all four of these alliances that they've got under one roof. You know, we're not just talking about the traditional CenturyLink channel alliance. But we also had the software alliance there, the system integrator alliance and the Strategic Partner Alliance. So, they've got some plans of working all of those programs together over the next few years, and uh, just obviously some exciting things happening there at CenturyLink. And what was fun about the show is that it really had a rock and roll theme, which we're going to carry on throughout uh, this podcast as well. I bumped into Sammy Hagar in the hall, shook his hand. That was kind of a thrill. Sammy Hagar?
1: I bet you they were handing out a lot of tequila there, Craig. <laughs>
0: Sammy did uh, perform a private concert for us at the House of Blues with his band, The Circle. So that was a blast.
1: That is really cool. You know, Craig, why don't you finish what you started here and delve into some of the folks you spoke with out there?
0: You've been waiting to uh, use that one for a while, haven't you? Yeah, so without further ado, uh, Kevin, uh, I recorded a couple of interviews for this podcast when I was there. I talked with John Delosier, who is the channel chief with CenturyLink Channel Alliance, and also caught up with Rick Deller, founder of Intellisys, the master agent, which also happens to be CenturyLink's biggest partner. So here we go. Okay, here in beautiful San Diego, California CenturyLink Ascend Partner Event. Pleased to have with us the man they call JD, John DeLozier with CenturyLink Channel Alliance. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. So this has been a pretty exciting couple of days and we've Mm -hmm. had the unveiling of the Software Alliance uh, this week formally. We've got systems integrator partners here, we've got the traditional Channel Alliance folks here. What's it like to be part of this collective group, getting them all underneath one roof?
2: It's truly phenomenal. it's what I said on the stage today in terms of, you know you have a an idea when you're in the midst of something really unique. You know, it's hard to get outside of yourself and see it as it happens. It's always historical. We call them rock and roll moments, you saw today. But I absolutely feel like we're in the midst of one right now, man. It's just, it's a great feeling, but it's fun to see people rallying around it because everybody's feeling the same thing.
0: This has been a transition that hasn't happened overnight, this sort of legacy telecom to IT transition. But I was looking in our archives, and just three or four years ago, we went to a Channel Alliance event where that was really the big story, was that we're moving from the legacy telecom to the IT. So Hmm. it seems like a rapid transformation, but maybe not so. How does it feel from your perspective?
2: Yeah, well, so I've been here eight months. You know that. So I, I wasn't here during that time. But I will tell you that my predecessors have built some things and put some things in place that were absolutely paramount in what we're doing today. So some of the programs, some of the product platforms, some of those types of things were done previously. I think what they lacked was the executive push to get it done and take it to the marketplace. With the executive sponsorship, the executive push, comes funding, those kinds of things. But you heard Dean Douglas today, our president, so behind the channel partner community, And uh, I think because of that approach with Bill Corbin, we're on the right path.
0: Well, and a couple of you mentioned on stage acknowledge there have been missteps in the past, and I think you even said there will be missteps in the future. That's right. But uh, what was the message you gave to the partners today about sort of overcoming those?
2: Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's not even a partner thing for me. It's more of a parents thing. You know, they taught me this. Um, I think I said it exactly like this, that failure is temporary, but quitting is forever, and we're in the technology business. There is going to be a piece of fiber that's going to get cut. Somebody's going to forget to put an order in the right way. Those things happen. Um, The difference is with CenturyLink, and especially in the partner community, I can guarantee you, we won't quit in solving those things. So we'll support our partners, even in the hard times, we'll get it done for them.
0: I know you've been really busy, but have you had a chance to, particularly at this show, talk to some partners and get their reaction to some of the things they've heard?
2: I have. I have. I, you know, it's really interesting. I have five kids, by the way. And so if you have children, you know that each kid is different. Every every child is different. And every partner is different. You know, I'm in a unique position of perspective with them. I get a chance to go to each one of their homes, meet them, sometimes meet their families, see the way they do business, etc., and uh, the show is unique because everybody's here. So it's nice, I can walk down a hallway instead of jumping on an airplane. I've talked to a ton of them. The red thread has been, wow, there is a buzz in the air. And uh, we're excited about where CenturyLink is and where we're going, so it's been good.
0: With all of these groups coming under one umbrella, What do you do and what do you tell some of the traditional partners who might be a little concerned that the direction is going to be going ways that they don't want to see it?
2: Yeah, there's a place for everybody. You know, I think you heard me say if you were in there that uh, network is not a bad word. It's okay, right? We have some partners that are really, really good at selling network. Love them, keep doing Mm -hmm. it. We want it all day long, but there's going to be opportunity for those partners that want to get out of that space or want to build on that space to go to the next level. Maybe they want to do managed IT services, maybe they want to play in the cloud space, maybe they want to get in security. We've got a great consulting practice. There's all kind of areas where they can grow into. So it's not an exclusion type thing. It's really how much more do you want and we want to help you get there.
0: Speaking of network, I know you can't get into it too much of uh, the Level 3 acquisition, but can you give us some of the basics of what partners can look forward to once that closes?
2: Absolutely. I mean, one real basic thing, they threw it on the screen, you know, this week, is just the network topology, just the map. You know, traditionally, CenturyLink has been a West Coast company. Let's face it, right? Quest was in the West, um, U.S. West, all, you know, the whole story has been West Coast. The company that we're considering acquiring, Level 3, they're East Coast based, basically. Now they have big offices in Denver and all that. But if you look at the topology maps, which are very public, all of those nodes—they're hot spots. They're lit areas. It's East Coast driven. It easily could be a one plus one equals three, just off the basics. So very excited about that piece.
0: Last thing I wanted to ask you was the whole rock and roll theme here this week. I yeah. understand you're a bit of a musician yourself, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you know we got acclaimed uh, photographer uh, Rob Shanahan yep. here this week. I got to meet Sammy Hagar up here in the hall uh, just a little bit ago. Yeah, Make that connection. Why the rock and roll theme for this show?
2: Well, I think the first thing is, is we wanted to do something different. We've all sat in these shows, these kickoffs, these mid-year shows for years and years and years come in, get your lanyard, it's a cattle call, right? Get in line for your food, Hear the same speakers. We just wanted to be different. And it's interesting, I'm 45 years old and uh, the music that I grew up with, my generation, the one right behind the baby boomers, all of those people in our worlds and in our industries, they're starting to be in positions and places, they got a little money to spend. And so this nostalgia surrounding the, the rock community, 80s hair metal, right? You immediately know what I'm talking about. And and my kids would look at me and say, what are you talking about, Dad? But we understand it. And so when you start bringing in a Sammy Hagar, and you bring in a guy like Rob Shanahan, who has made a career of photographing those kinds of folks, it creates a buzz. And this show has never been this big, ever. In fact, we've doubled the largest size it's ever been previously. So the location here in beautiful San Diego, the theme around rock and roll, the nostalgia that's been sprinkled in, and the message that we're delivering, it's a great thing.
0: Well, and these guys brought in their own messages that can relate to partners' own businesses. Yeah, totally. I, I totally agree to
2: that. You saw today with Rob Shanahan, the love of music combined with a passion for photography. It's created an incredible career for him. Sammy Hagar, obviously a gifted musician and songwriter. You know, people don't understand He's a great singer, but he's a great guitar player, and he's a really good songwriter. But the guy sold a tequila company for 85 million lock, stock, and barrel all his money. That's pretty impressive. I've not done that. I don't know about you. Yeah, <laughs> nope, so. Not yet. Yeah, exactly, not yet, <laughs> yeah.
0: exactly. Very cool yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, congratulations on the success, uh, yeah, man. and I'm thank sure you. there'll be much more to come.
2: Yeah, and thank you for you know everything you guys do at Channel Partners. I really mean it. I said it to you earlier at CenturyLink. We're appreciative of what you guys do. So, thank thanks. You. Yeah. Thanks for
0: your time. Yeah. All right. Here now with Rick Deller from Intelisys. Rick, how are you? I'm doing great. Talk to me about some of the things you've heard here at the CenturyLink show that have impressed you.
3: Well, it's interesting. There's been a, a lot of excitement that I've seen. And I mean, I think the whole show is impressive. It's very different from the channel. I think in the channel, we're used to kind of being at the low end of the totem pole in terms of um, having budget released for kind of really fun and, and, and very impressive Shows and they, I mean, it's really unbelievable. The theme here is is a rock star theme. And you know, the nice thing about the leadership team at CenturyLink is they're really making the rock stars all about their customers. And that's for us, you know, channel partners like us that have been with the program almost 20 years.
0: Well, and you've alluded to a real change in culture. Go into that a little more of what you're seeing over the last few months with the new leadership team.
3: Yeah, well, it really, I mean, part of it can be answered by the you know the past leadership teams who I think had to really fight hard to get a seat at the table. And I think they did an admirable job, many times in some tough conditions, to really try to elevate the channel. And I think that building upon that, this new team, which really comes from a channel background, they didn't have to learn the channel. Um, they came from an equipment, a consulting, from you know very much a, a channel world where that that was the leading way to distribute. And so what you're seeing now is, I think, the manifestation of that leadership. And it's just kind of a natural to build upon the foundation that was there.
0: Well, and that point was made on stage today about uh, the support being all the way up to the board level.
3: Yeah, and it's um, from everything that we can see, and it's been about six months of observing very keenly. It's true. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're really seeing that. The huge commitment from the top down.
0: What was your take on uh, the unveiling of the Software Alliance? We've got the Systems Integrator Alliance here. Now everybody's sort of under one umbrella with the creation of these new programs and bringing everyone together.
3: I think the definition of it was really important. I think it's also great to see that we're gonna be able to work together. and, And you know, for us, we know a lot of the folks that have been in those leadership roles for a long time it's both separate in its specialization but together in that it's unified under one leadership group really it was very clear what bill corbin said that it's uh, those very common uh, marching orders to his leadership team
0: well in that uh, relationship sort of a symbiotic relationship within the entire company is pretty important i would imagine for Working with a company like yours,
3: yeah, absolutely. You know, we we gravitate. We have choices, like all channel partners, and we gravitate towards those where there's kind of an authentic connection and 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 path to business. And if we can do better with a particular provider um, because they're either performing well or um, they really have the approach that's going to help us to bring solutions to customers. I mean, that's where we're going to gravitate towards. They're going to win a nice share of business that way. Yeah,
0: and this rock star theme has been kind of fun
3: it's been really fun i mean the channel has i don't know we've just like i said earlier we've always been at at sort of the low end of the budget and so to see something like this it's it's really unusual but it's fun and hey why not why not have fun while making money with people that are really good and decent people and the folks at CenturyLink have only exhibited themselves to just care about their customers that's always what we hear consistently you hear that enough and you believe it making money doesn't have to be boring It does not have to be boring. It should not be (laughs) boring.
0: Let's talk about you being bought by a scan source here last year, and that's obviously been a topic of discussion with some of the folks here at CenturyLink. I would imagine.
3: Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. We actually announced just a couple days after we met the uh, met met the leadership team, John Delosier and Bill Corbin, for the first time. And what's sort of ironic is that from Dean Douglas, president through Bill and John Delosier, they all had pre-existing relationships from previous lives in the equipment world with our parent company, ScanSource, and particularly Mike Bauer, the chief executive, and, and Buck Baker, uh, who, who runs global sales, communication sales. So there's really kind of some you know, friendships and understanding of how to do business together, and I think that that can only lead to greater success on an already very incredible success story. Rick, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Craig. All right. So there you go, Kevin. Some
0: good stuff from CenturyLink. Uh, Enjoyed my time over there and looking forward to seeing what they've got uh, in the future.
1: Wow. Sunny San Diego, technology, Sammy Hagar. You really can't beat that. I think the only way you can beat that is by coming to the show April 10th to the 13th in Las Vegas and seeing CenturyLink in booth 309. They're going to have a huge presence there. Uh, So please do come out and and stop by their booth to learn more about all the things that their uh, channel alliance is doing.
0: LA Bay will be the place to be. Okay, so Kevin, we actually have a live guest today as well.
1: That's great. So I get to actually participate in one of these interviews and you're not hogging all the questions, huh, Craig?
0: That's how it's going to work, at least for this one. So our guest is uh, Larry Walsh from the 2112 group and channel Channelnomics. Larry, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Craig. Thanks for having me. Now we've got kind of a rock and roll theme going on this show uh, today. I know you haven't heard the previous interviews in our previous discussion, but I just kind of wanted to bring up the 2112 reissue. Thinking you've got your organization named after that album. It came out again uh, last year. What was your take?
4: You know, I thought it was a good remaster. I thought the inclusion of the original radio commercial was a bit kitsch, but, you know, the, the covers were great. The, the remastering of the original album was fantastic it was a great 40th anniversary album
0: now few people know that if you listen very carefully we can actually hear you faintly in the background playing cowbell at least (laughs) that's what i'm told you know pretty much it's the only instrument i'm good at <laughs>
1: now, Larry, as I understand it, we can refer to 2112 Group as the priests at the Temple of Research. W- would that be correct?
4: Yeah, I think that's an apt way of saying it. You know, at 2112, we do, you know, like to tell people we've taken care of everything. The word you, the word you read, the song you sing. So,
0: yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So, Larry, for the people who haven't heard this story, what uh, prompted the whole connection? 2112 group in the rush album it's, it's rather mundane it's a it's a really you know
4: sad and pathetic childhood story uh <laughs> i um i was actually uh, uh you know as a huge rush geek when i was a when i was a teen and um i was down the beach one night and this guy says to me you know i was talking about how great the album was and and uh this guy turns to me and says well you know it's based on a book and i'm like really a book i should try reading one of those sometime and so he told me what the name of the book was and i went out and got it, it was uh anthem by Ayn Rand. and uh, i read it and i was i was mesmerized it. You know, I actually went on to read a bunch of other things that actually turned me into I wasn't much of a reader prior to that, but it turned me into a to a reader and ultimately into a writer. That's why it's named after 2112. Yeah, I mean, and within the rush circles, you'll hear that did, did Pert actually was he inspired by Anthem or some other brand work. It's a bit ambiguous if you read the liner notes, but I, I do think the storyline between 2112 and Anthem tracks perfectly. And when we founded the company, it was um it really wasn't math of do we name it Anthem and have it sound like an insurance company, or do we go with 2112, which makes it sound more forward-looking and
0: futuristic? Based on what happened with Anthem, I'm thinking 2112 is probably a good decision.
4: Yeah, I think so, too. Although, I got to tell you, in the early years, it was a bit humorous because you know people kept coming up to us saying, well, what are you going to do in 2013? Okay, obviously, you're dyslexic,
1: and uh, yeah, we're fine. Now, Larry, as I understand it, you're the newest member of our advisory board. Thank you.
4: I'm just hoping the judge will let me off with good behavior. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Probably
0: not for a couple of years.
1: And, you know, uh, being part of the channel here, we understand that 2112 Group just released their much-anticipated 2017 channel forecast. Do you have a couple quick key takeaways you can tell our audience here?
4: You know, I like to think of our channel forecast as, uh, as a barometer. It's really difficult to gauge specifics around... What's happening in the channel, given the diversity of companies at differing levels of maturity, as well as you know, the natural inclination uh, to withhold details about how business is going. But it's, it really is, a, I would say that the, the channel forecast is a reflection of, of reality, a little bit of Plato, if you will. You know, we do see the, the channel growing, continuing to grow at double-digit rates year over year. And we do see a rather high degree of confidence. Now, it's the confidence levels aren't as high as they were going into 2016. They've dipped significantly, but it's still in a, in a high majority. More significantly, though, is that we're seeing a moderating of expectations. Typically, if you would think about the way that the forecast works is that it does typically go like a, it has a rather classic bell curve shape to it, in which you have some partners that are expecting low growth or even negative growth. And you have some partners that are expecting high growth, 25% or more. And then you have the middle. Well, this year, what we saw was, is that the middle grew. So the actual forecast is not changing year over year. We're, we're saying that the channel will grow somewhere between 11 and 15% this year. That's not Really unusual that's typically we fall either eleven to fifteen percent or sixteen to twenty five percent, but what has changed was the lows moved up and the highs moved down. So we are reading that as a reflection of what is happening and the general changes in the market. It's not an easy market to operate in. A lot of partners are trying to find their way amidst the six transformative uh, technology trends. There's a need for investment that comes along with all of this. And so we think that, you know, a a lot of this moderation of the highs and lows to the middle is a
0: reflection of the changes that are happening around. Now, I want to bring up uh, something, Larry, that you mentioned to one of our colleagues here fairly recently. That was a bit of a concern that maybe today's channel partner is getting a little marginalized. What did you mean by that? I think
4: that that's a danger. If you go back 10 years ago, Gartner was talking about just in the, the advent of cloud computing and, and services, Gartner was saying that as much as 40% of the channel was going to disappear. And that didn't happen. And you see a lot of talk, you know, continuing talk about channel consolidation. Well, the consolidation rate in the channel is at best 2 to 3% annually, probably closer to 1% of the population. I mean it does have consolidation does have an impact when large partners come together and it, and it does have a, a, a significant impact on the vendors but that's neither here nor there what we do see is that vendors are adjusting their channel programs in two ways is that they're creating avenues for partners that are investing in these next generation business models and technologies but they're also maintaining state with their legacy products particularly the hardware vendors and so there's enough of a lifeline out there to keep the partners that don't want to change or are having a difficult time changing to stay in place and to maintain what are increasingly becoming low value, low return businesses. And as a result of that, there's going to be what we are seeing as a a part of the trends that are coming out of the channel forecast is that we're seeing a large number of partners that are not going to go away, but they will increasingly lose relevancy and become marginalized in the greater marketplace.
1: That's great information, Larry. Is there anything that you know you can recommend here in the short term, or you know at a high level that partners can begin doing to make sure that they're not as marginalized uh, moving forward? Does prayer count? <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, uh, For sure. If there's a few things. I, I mean, I think that the biggest indicator that we've found over the years, the key performance indicator that really stands out, is when we ask a partner what their minimal acceptable rate of growth is. It tracks not only to how they're going to actually perform year over year, but it also tracks to their ambition, their willingness to take on risk, and their acumen, their their basic acumen. I think the thing that I tell the partners to do is whether you're a VAR, an MSP, an agent, it doesn't matter. Too many of them think of themselves as technologists and not enough of them think of themselves as business people. And they need to do more in terms of strategic planning, business planning and business modeling, goal setting. I mean, it's absolutely astounding. I, I'll, I have to look up the specific number, but you know, as many as, as six out of 10 partners do not set annual sales goals, do not measure sales performance. And if they do say they have a sales plan, they're typically not managing them very well. The conversation needs a shift from, the skill sets that takes to make these different vendor products work, whether it's a, a, a hard product or a soft product or even a service, and get into the the mechanics of what does it take to run a business. What we found, you know, and this goes back to when we first started tracking all this, is that the the partners that operate as a business perform substantially better than those that are more more opportunistic
0: in the way that they approach the market. 2112 is going to be leading one of our concurrent education sessions coming up at the channel partners conference and expo it's called no. growing up to grow revenue so diana actually led up a, a program for us last year
4: uh which she and uh, some members of our team developed a maturation index a means for evaluating the yeah you know, let's just say the the competency or the the capabilities of partners this isn't an unknown science i mean we you know we looked at maturity models that are used in other industries and other businesses and diana and another member of our team his name's jeff bruckner put this maturation index together and contextualized it for channels and you know it really does show what the model shows is the operating requirements or the the governance the governance aspects that that really do make businesses perform better and part of that is is taking out I mean, lack of a better better way of describing it, but is as she said in the title of her session, growing up, at a certain point, everyone, whether you know we went through it, partners that we talk with, and even vendors have to decide what do they want to be when they grow up and what will it take to get there. And that requires giving up on preconceived notions building and implementing business structures that allow workflows and processes and governance, you know, not doing things on the fly and and formalizing standard operating procedures And going through this life cycle of measurement and performance analysis and adjustments. And it's not easy. It's uncomfortable. But I think, you know, what you'll find uh, in Diana's talk is that it really will lay out the the vision and the
0: steps needed to take to become a more mature business that performs better. Good stuff as always, Larry. Excellent to talk with you. And we appreciate your time uh, today on our podcast. Excellent. Thanks for having me, guys.
1: You can see Diana, the president and COO of 2112 Group, and their session growing up to grow revenue at Channel Partners in Las Vegas, April 10th to the 13th at Mandalay Bay. Additionally, as Larry mentioned, one of the big things for partners moving forward is to focus on their business model. And one of our tracks at the show, Craig, is business of the channel. And we'll also have a genius bar or in Genius Bar, on-site uh, in the expo hall with various experts on different business strategies uh, within the channel.
0: All right. Sounds good, Kevin. Anything else people should know about the show?
1: Uh, yes. We're going to be doing Coffee with Craig and Kevin live from the show floor stage uh, the opening night on Tuesday. Wait, what, what's that? Is that music I hear? Are, are, are yeah, you playing wh- me off?
0: Yeah, you're getting the old hook, my friend. I'm
1: getting played off of my own podcast? I'm, I'm 50% of this thing, darn it. What What's going Bye.
0: Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you next time on Coffee with Craig and Kevin.